Thank you for listening to this podcast by the River Family Christian Center. We pray that this message strengthens and encourages you in your walk with God. We're going to continue on with our series on devotion, so let's just go ahead and pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for tonight. We thank you, Father, for this time. We ask for you, God, just to continue to move upon us with understanding. Give us wisdom beyond our years, Lord God. Give us eyes to see. Give us, give us ears to hear. God, give us a discernment in this time in the name of Jesus. Amen? So we've been talking about uh, what is true devotion. Now, we, the scripture we've been standing on is 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, and it says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, that is out of the, New King, or out of the King James. Let me read that to us again. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So it is very, very important that we as a people understand that as we move forward in the things of God, we should absolutely be ready and willing to look to the Word of God to give us understanding, to give us a, a, a deeper revelation of what God is doing. And so we have to understand, we've been talking about in this time of devotion, what devotion is for. Last week we talked about what is devotion for. We talked about the things that are going on. We talked about how it is very, very important that we understand what devotion is for. Many people uh, have answered last week and they did a great job. And what happens is that devotion is actually designed for us to literally come to the understanding that our mind and our, our spirit and our body, we are all working in that place of con- complete uh, consecration unto God, giving ourselves completely unto God. And as we do, then the Lord begins to reveal more and more things to us. And He begins to speak to us over and over and over again. But I want to go ahead, I want to look at certain things tonight. Proverbs 25, 28. We have been talking about what it means for your mind to be saved, what it means for the, to have your mind renewed. We've been talking about what it means to really understand how we are to move forward in the things of God, how we are to have our mind walk into that place of salvation, what it means to have the mind of Christ. This is very, very important. And one of the things I want us to do is I want us, we've been talking about that, but I want us to also look now at what are the pitfalls? What are the things that have happened to people that they've not been able to keep moving forward in the things of God? What keeps us falling short of the mind of Christ? What keeps us in that place where we're not really able to move forward in the things of God because we keep coming back to the old nature. Anybody ever have that besides me? Have you ever had that time where you're like, well, no, I'm doing, I'm doing really good. I'm, things are moving forward and I'm beginning to understand more and more where God wants. And as I do, there's been something that's happened and it kind of seems like the enemy just puts a roadblock right in your way and you just hit this massive pothole. Anybody ever hit a pothole so hard that you thought you literally broke your car? Anybody ever hit a pothole so hard that you thought, I know for sure I have a flat tire? I have. We, we, love, we love going out to Whitehorse Christian Center in Indiana. Love it. Bless them. Praise God. Indiana is an awesome state, but their roads need some work. I'm driving out there and I'm thinking, doom. I'm like, dear God, please don't let us have a flat And I'm thinking, well, there was probably two flats right there. I don't want that. So the enemy throws potholes in front of our way. We've got to be so careful with this. But it says here, it says in Proverbs 25, 28, the principle of this is very sound. Whoever has no rule over his own spirit is like a city broken down without walls. Whoever has no rule 
over his own spirit is like a city broken down without walls. Now, what has happened today is that we have had many people who have no rule over their own spirit. We have had many people who have no rule over their own minds. And because of that, what takes place is they literally begin to fall short of the things of God because they're not setting up proper boundaries. Now, if you go into certain cities and certain places, there are proper boundaries that are set up. In other words, a sign that says, exit here. A sign that says, wrong way, don't enter this way, right? A sign that says, certain streets that are named. There are certain places. If you, if you go in certain, uh, uh, certain, certain cities, you'll see that there are certain places. In, in Pittsburgh, you have a very strong Jewish center, and then you have a very strong Pakistani place, and then you have a very strong uh, uh, um, um, Italian you know, section of the city. There's so many different people represented, but in each city, there's a certain demographic or a certain place where certain things are at. Sometimes you may have the cities that have, you may have the shopping plazas, you may have the mall, you may have the, 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 the mechanic shops, you may have the different places where there may be, the auto shops, you may have the different places where there's, there's maybe uh, uh, schools that are there. So you have different locations in the cities and they're set up by design. You have different you have places for cemeteries, places for churches, you have different places that are set up. Well see, in the same way, in our mind, we have to understand that the old man needs to stay in the cemetery. Praise the Lord. The old man needs to stay in the cemetery. We need to let him be dead. So we have to, in our mind, guard ourselves that the old man doesn't try to come up out of the grave. And so what has to happen is you have to begin to look at this and you have to realize it says whoever has no rule over his own spirit is like a city broken down without walls. That word rule means restrain or control. So if you have no control over your own spirit, you are like a city broken down without walls. If you have no rule over your mind, no control over your mind, you are like a city broken down without walls. So what do we have to do here? We have to set proper boundaries in place to where we realize what the goal is. Now, how many, how many of us know that in the midst of everything that God said, God has a goal for you and I? He has a goal for humanity. How many of us know that, right? Now, if I were to ask you, because this is a Wednesday night and because we're going a little deeper, I want some interaction here tonight. So how many of us, if you know what the goal of, of, of God is for humanity, what is it? What is it? Say it again. To come to God, amen. What else? What is it? Win souls, okay. What else? Glorify Him, what else? Say that again. To be Jesus to others, amen. What else? Anybody else? Okay. You're all right on that. You're all absolutely right. You're not wrong. Go with me to Revelations. Revelation. Sorry. I was corrected on that here recently. Revelation. Revelation 21. Let's go to verse 3. It says, I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, 
The tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. That is his goal for humanity. Now, everything you said is right. It's all the process of achieving the goal, so I'm not, you're not wrong. But I'm saying when we understand that the end goal, what, he, what God wants, is not only for us to be saved and for people to be saved, but the reason for them to be saved is that he would dwell with us and us with him. So when we understand that he wants to dwell with us and us with him, then we understand then why he would put a scripture like Proverbs 25, 28 in the scriptures. Why would this be written, whoever has no rule over his own spirit is like a city broken down without walls. Why? Because God wants us to be conformed, transformed into the image of, of Christ in our mind. Not just spirit where we're sealed by the spirit for the day of redemption. Not just that. Because how many of us know people who are born again and yet their, their, uh, their mind and their extremities, their, their, what they're acting like is not exactly godly. They, 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 they'll say one thing and do another. Well, see, I'm not talking about their salvation in this point. I'm talking about their actions, the fruit of their life. And that's where we have so many people who say, well, you'll know a Christian by its fruit. And that guy has bad fruit or that person has bad fruit. You know, we see it all the time on TV where different ministries are trying to, you know, swindle you out of every kind of amount of money you would ever have. You know, give your last penny, you know, and, and all this crazy stuff. There's all kinds of bad fruit out there. But it's time that the church really begin to demonstrate the actual fruit of the Spirit that comes from a renewed, a renewed mind, from a body that's been consecrated unto God. It's time that the church actually demonstrate what it means because we have to look for the end goal ourselves. Can you say amen? We have to look for the end goal because it says, I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. He wants to tabernacle with you and I. Amen? You may say, well, what does tabernacle look like? What does that mean? Well, that looks a lot like uh, uh, when a husband and wife get married, when a man and a woman get married. There's a lot of tabernacling going on. They're living together. They're together. They're, 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 they are together. And so because they are together, that, that means that there's an intimate relationship. There is a, a, a bond that is closer than what anyone else would ever have. That bond puts them together in ways that no one else will ever be together with them. And so when you look at that, you have to understand, that's why he would put the scripture in here. He wants us to have rule over our own spirit so that our city, so that our minds are not broken down. That we are not like a city without walls, but that we have understanding and that we are able to properly comprehend the seasons and times. Can you say amen? Jonathan, would you please turn the air up in here until it shuts off? Thank you. So what happens when this takes place, we have to realize that God begins to give wisdom to us and we want to have ears to hear. Can you say amen? Look at your neighbor and say, I want to have ears to hear. <laughs> so you want to hear a funny joke, a funny story? This is really hilarious. Now listen, Guys, we know that as we get older, the, the hair falls from here to here, and um, sometimes it stops here. Sometimes it goes on to back here, but uh, there was a gentleman who was talking to me one time, and um, he said, could you say that again? 
And I recently told Becky about this. That, you know, sometimes you have those movies where this thing pops out of a mouth and's trying to get, it's like an alien tries to get somebody. And I was like, I saw that man's ear hair coming at me like that. So we want to have ears to hear, not hairy ears, right? Amen. Praise the Lord. Men said, Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You may go home and be like, Honey, do I have ears, hair ears? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> and God good. And we got to laugh about some things. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Okay. Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 20. It says, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ears to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Now, why am I doing all of this? Why do, why do I do all this? Because... I want to tabernacle with him. He wants to tabernacle with me. So we are right now preparing for that tabernacling that's going, getting ready to happen. We are preparing whether we go to be with him or whether Jesus comes back. I don't know how it's going to be. But some of us may go to him sooner than others. Some of us may be here when he comes back. I, I have no idea. We don't know. But I'm just telling you, this is what we're looking at. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. Put away from, your mouth, put away from you a deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you. In other words, don't say things you shouldn't say. Don't try to weasel some things in and don't try to manipulate or say some little crude things because, folks, that's not what we're called to. And then it goes on here and says, let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet and let your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or the left. Remove your foot from evil. So one of the things that happens here when we're talking about ruling over our spirit, ruling over our mind, is that there are certain things we want to have here. We want to give attention to the Word of God. We want to give attention and incline our ears. When we look to, when I look to this word up to mean incline your ears, that literally means to bend, your, bend yourself down. So when I inclined my ear, I can bend myself down to hear. Like Judah, when he when he'll, you ever had your little ones talk to you, your grandkids or your little kids when they were little, your kids when they were little and they'll talk to you? I hope your kids aren't real little still. You know, some of us have, have, have taller kids, some of us have shorter kids, some of us have kids, right? But when they were little and we leaned down because they were trying to say something and we couldn't hear them properly. At that point in time, one of the things that happens is we lean down to hear. Because sometimes little kids will say things, right? Like, right? You're like, what? <laughs> and you're like, oh my gosh. Talk about, like, Judah will do that to me. And I'm like, I got to go trim my ears. I'll be right back. You know? So what happens is, is that when we understand that to incline our ears means to bend down, the only way I'm going to hear is I'm going to listen as I lean over. So I'm going to give proper attention to it. So incline my ears to, to my, incline your ears to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. In other words, what we take in matters. What we take in matters. That's why you have to be so careful with your phones. You have to be so careful with what you take in because what you take in affects you. And we have to understand what is the goal. The goal was not to watch another video. The goal was not to watch another show. The goal was not to watch another this or another that. The goal in God 
which is the goal for all of us, is to tabernacle with Him. So we are giving ourselves completely to Him, not out of legalism, but out of maturity, right? Like, you know, I don't expect my eight-year-old, my seven-year-old, about to be eight, I don't expect him to get married. You know why? He's not mature enough. He's not old enough. He's not at that age. Now, when he gets old enough, then yeah, if he wants to get married and that's what God's called him to, sure, that's great. But what happens is there's a point of maturity for that. There's a point of understanding for that. And when we realize that, then we say, okay, now we're getting prepared for things. That's one of the things that has been lost into the, in, in today's church is the teachings of understanding them. We are preparing to tabernacle with him. Because if it's all about just being saved by grace and I don't have to do anything, do anything else, then folks, we've got to realize... Then, then, then he should have came back and got us immediately. But because there's actually something that he wants us to do, he wants to willingly us to willingly come to him and say, I want you, not because of your gifts, not because of your healings, not because of your blessings, not because of how glorious you are. I, I, just, I just want you for you. So when we do that and we come to the Word of God and we say, Lord, I want to have my mind renewed. And again, when I read the Word of God, it's reading me. When I communicate with the Word of God, it's communicating with me. When I look in the Word of God and I begin to say, what is it? How do I understand the seasons and times that we're in? Because we have to understand that there is a lot going on. There's a lot being bombarded upon every believer right now that we've never had before in our lifetime. Never before, never before have we seen movies take off like they have. Now, I'm kind of, I'm one who's done with Marvel. I'm like, just, you know, let's just blow that thing out of the water. But there are those who are staying with Marvel, watching all these hero movies, okay? But what's taking place is that we have to identify the things that are happening right now. Witchcraft is being promoted in rapid succession. And now some of you may disagree with me on this, but here's the reality of it. Let me just read this to you. From 2005, Harry Potter was promoted or was done. And this really began to change a lot of things. And when we understand that, I mean, folks, there's all kinds of, of well, just all kinds of debauchery that's out there right now, wanting to literally bring the people of God into a place of being bound up and, and literally uh, um, confused. Do you happen to have that? I wasn't going to go here, but I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway. Okay, I'm sorry, honey, I found it. When Harry Potter came out in, 20, in, 20, in 2001... Many believers took, it, took the attitude as only fiction and celebrated it with open arms, while many concluded it was a harmless fa- fantasy and fiction. Uh, many, many of the children were, were inspired to pursue witchcraft. The population of those professing Wicca and other occult practices skyrocketed. While I enjoyed many of the Marvel movies, the direction of these films have taken the similarly, similarly alarming uh, rate, a similarly alarming direction. And many of these believers are moving forward in that. And it goes on and it begins to show the increase of the occult, that the occult has literally increased. Now the, the people in the U.S. identifying with the occult is, is, is approximately 350,000 people, where in 2001 it was under 100,000. 
Now think about that, 2001 to 2022. Think about that. So what are we identifying? We're identifying the things that are going on. We're identifying that there are some things that are taking place. So that's why we want to literally look at what's taking place, give attention to it, not get into different occult practices, different secret organizations. No, no, we don't need any of that. We need the Word of God, and we need to stay in the Word of God and declare the Word of God because it's the truth. I don't need anything else. I just need Jesus. So it says, so keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. So I'm going to look ahead. I'm not going to take in anything that's going to begin to pervert or twist my mind, but I'm to renew my mind. See, Romans chapter 12 what talks about this when it says here that we are to, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So I've got to renew my mind that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. See, here's the thing. It says, it goes on here. It says, for, though I, for I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God, to, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. So the reason we are where we are is only because of God. Amen? The only reason we are where we are is because of God. So I've got to keep my heart with all diligence. This is the only thing. The Lord looks to us to be the ones to keep ourselves. The Lord looks to us to be the ones to cleanse ourselves. Why? Because it has to be a willing, a, a, something of a willing relationship where I come to Him and say, I'm coming to you because I want my mind renewed. I'm coming to you because I want things made new. I'm coming to you because you're the only one that can help me. So it is a willing dependence upon the Lord. And people would say, no, no, that's not true. You don't have to do anything. And that's what's being taught today. Folks, that's not scripture because according to 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 1, it says, Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. So I am to come to the Lord and I'm to say, Lord, I blew it again. Why am I coming to the Lord saying, Lord, I blew it again? Because I want him to forgive me. I'm coming to him for mercy and I'm coming to him saying, Lord, I need my mind renewed. And right now, folks, there are so many things going on, so many things that's being presented to our kids, to us as people, that we have got to guard ourselves against such things because what's taking place is what we behold, we become. That's why it says, it goes on here in, in Proverbs 4, to keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it springs the issues of life. To put away a deceitful mouth, put, put, from, put away from you a deceitful mouth, and put perverse lips far from you. Let your eyes look straight ahead. In other words, look straight ahead. Don't look to the right or left. And let your, and your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet, and let your ways be established. In other words, I've got to think about what I'm going to do before I do it. I've got to look at this and say, hmm, I have a promise from the Lord. The promise is, according to 2 Corinthians chapter 6, it says, I will dwell in them. And this is out of verse uh, uh, 17, uh, 16. I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord, and do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. I will be a father to you and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord God Almighty. So why am I doing that? Because that's the continued promise of Revelations chapter 21. That's the continued promise. That, 
And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. Well, that's exactly what he said would happen in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, which is actually a prophecy from earlier on in the Old Testament. He wants to tabernacle with you and I. That's why our mind has to be renewed so that we can properly understand how to do everything that you all talked about. When the lost come to him, the world will be saved. Everything that you guys talked about, everything you said is absolutely right. You're, you're, you weren't wrong. It just confirms what we need to do. Because he's looking, there has to be a difference between the church and the world. And right now, what's happened in the church is that the church has been so much like the world, the world can't tell the difference. And so the world has no reason. And unfortunately, when you preach things like this or teach things like this, what begins to happen is people say, well, you're legalistic and they don't want to go near that because they've been fed a hybrid doctrine that literally is keeping them in a place where they are bound to the world, but yet dependent upon God for their salvation, but have no understanding of the renewed mind or the consecrated life. When the old timers, the ones in the early 1900s and, 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 and even I would say the early 1990s actually understood, I mean, there were some old timers that still lived a consecrated life. And, and there's still one that's alive that I personally know that's living the consecrated life. And he is living his life, he's, he's 90, I think 96, and he is living the consecrated life completely unto the Lord. So, and to talk to him, he is so out of the realm of what the, the normal church of today says is reality. Because he's given himself completely to the Lord. And when we understand this, we as a people got to realize, folks, the Lord is calling the church to truly be devoted to, the, to, to him and to truly give ourselves completely to him. So our mind is renewed. So what affects our minds? Let me ask you this. What affects your mind? What, what, what affects your minds? Your eyes and your ears. What else? You got two of the three. Your voice, your mouth. What you see, what you hear, and what you speak affects your mind. Why? Because, well, let's just go there. Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. In this we see here, Verse 22, the lamp, is the, the lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, or that means healthy or clear, that's very interesting, clear, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad or unhealthy or evil, then that literally says that your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light is that is in you is darkness. How great is that darkness? So Jesus is saying this. Jesus is saying the, light, the lamp of the body is your eye. So you have to watch what you, what you look at. You have to be very careful what you see. You have to be very careful what you take in. You shouldn't, we, listen, we should not take in anything that deals with witchcraft. We should not take in anything that deals with the occult. We should not take in anything as such practices. Why? Because the word literally says that we take in any kind of darkness. How dark, how evil is that darkness? How great is that darkness? I'm not to take in anything. And people say, well, I'm going to see it all the time. Yes, you're going to see it, but to willingly take 
take it in is a different statement. When I see it because I'm in the world, but I'm not of the world, when I see it, there's grace to be able to go through that and say, no, 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 I'm not going to vex my righteous soul because I'm not giving in to it. I'm saying I'm here because Jesus has called me by assignment to be a redeemer of those around me. So I'm going to give my life as a ransom for many, just as Jesus did, and I'm going to say, Lord, they're your own, the Lord is your only way to receive salvation. He's the only way. So I'm going to continually do what the Lord did because he gave us the bottle, the prototype by which to live by. So I'm going to do the same thing, but I'm going to guard my eyes. I'm going to guard what I hear. And see here, folks, here's the thing about it. Today, we deal with things that we would, when we hear somebody say certain words, certain phrases, certain things, or they start, if guys start talking crude, man, I back away. I don't want anything to do with it. Most guys do. But the problem is, is when we begin to bring humor into it, because the enemy has camouflaged humor and brought it in such a way that people hear things that defile them and laugh because it's created an agreement in their soul and now polluted their mind. And that's what's taking place. We've got some people who are really good at jokes. And we have to be so careful. And, that, and so literally, you have to understand, you have to know you. There are certain places, certain boundaries. Again, if you can't rule over your mind, you can't rule over that, you're like a city without walls. I've got to rule over that. I've got to restrain. I've got to control. I've got to say, nope, I'm not, I don't want to hear any of those jokes. I don't want to hear about it. But, you know, well, you want to hear the joke about the president? No, I don't want to hear about it. You want to see this thing over here? No, I don't want to see that thing over there. Do you want to hear about this? No, I don't want to hear about it. And I'm not going to repeat it because when I repeat it, I literally reinforce it in my mind. Because now my will has come into agreement to repeat the very thing that I've said. And that was said to me. Does that make sense? So that's why we have to be so careful on what we hear. We have to be so careful on what we see. And we have to be so careful on what we speak. That's why gossip and slander and backbiting and division and all the kind of things that little, little digs here and there. Look, folks, you, we can't do it. We can't do it. If you, if you think you're going to do it and get away with it and it's not going to affect you, you're wrong because it will absolutely bring a, literally a shortcoming in your life. And now mentally, many people will become literally suffer shipwreck of their faith because their minds have not been properly renewed. And so they think their opinions have ruled over the Word of God. And our opinions never rule over the Word of God. It never is to be. Our opinions mean nothing in the kingdom of God. When I, when, let me put it this way, as an ambassador, if someone is an ambassador for the United States of America, they have no opinion of themselves. Their stance is only by that which the, the nation has said. Right? That's what it says. I, I've talked with some ambassadors, and it's, here's the thing I hear. Well, the, state, or the stance that we have as a nation, that's what I hear. I don't hear your opinion. Oh, and, I, and I don't even ask their opinion. I'm not like, well, what do, what do you think about it? It doesn't matter what they think about it. The stance that the nation has is this. And that's how they stand. So, listen, I love, I, I love people. I, I really do. I, I love people. But, and I, and, and, but there are certain things that we have to realize. They're wrong in certain things. And it's okay to say they're wrong. Why? Because when I was in the world, I was wrong. 
That doesn't mean I hate them. It just means they're wrong. I was wrong. And because they're wrong, I have to look at them and I have to say, listen, there is a greater way than where you're at right now. Well, you're condemning me. No, I'm not. I'm simply telling you the error of where you're at. Well, I don't like for you to tell me that. Well, you need to hear it. Well, don't you think God loves me? I do, but you have to understand, according to the Word of God, He loves you so much that He doesn't want to leave you as you are. You have to understand that He loves you so much and He's such a holy God that He's made a way for you to have salvation through His Son, Jesus Christ. That is the only way to salvation. There is no other way. You can't work your way into God. Listen, no matter where you go to church at, if they don't preach salvation, you're not in a good place. That's just reality of it. So you have to understand salvation. And so we have to be able to say this because it's the stance of the kingdom. It's what the Word says. The Word talks about this. The Word talks about false teachers. The Word talks about those who say you can only eat certain things. Or the Word talks about how men will try to rule over it. See, folks, the the way the church is set up right now, we've got to understand, when you renew your mind, you look at things and you say, wait, that's not right. Yeah, there's a set man. Yeah, that's going to be true. Absolutely. But this whole lording of things that's going on right now in the American church is not to be that way. In the persecuted nations, one of the things that happens is that those who actually are called to rule in that place of leadership and authority, they do so knowing they will probably give their lives. So they do so from a stance of servanthood. And they do so from a stance of saying, no, no, it's not good for you to go down this road. Give you a real quick just story here. I was ministering with one of the uh, um, uh, pastors in the persecuted nation, and they were sharing with me this, this testimony. They had this young disciple, this young convert that had recently converted, and he was going with them, and he was evangelizing. He was doing all kinds of amazing things that were taking place. He was seeing God move powerfully. He was praying, and God was answering, um, and they were seeing him, seeing him being raised up, but he got bitter. Here's the reason he got bitter was because he did not want to have to share his food with his fellow brethren who were out in the field with him because he had enough money to buy food for himself, and he didn't want to have to buy food for them. And so he became bitter. And when he became bitter, he began to allow that bitterness to come in. And so he, he began to cause a lot of dissension in the group. And he began to say certain things like, well, you probably won't bring your food. See how that's the little dissensions? It's the little foxes that spoil the vine. And he began to do this. And the pastor then pulled him aside and said, brother, you can't do this. Everything we have, we share together here. I've paid for many a thing. And he made the comment about this. And he said, you've got to be the one to actually stand in this. This may be your time right now. And when we, when we realize this, we begin to understand then that now the church, the church has got to be called in this time to be ready to give of ourselves. And the man became offended. And the man became so offended that he ended up leaving the faith. And the the, the pastor was actually in a place where he was turned in. The man turned him into the authorities. Think about that. And they turned him into the authorities. See, we have it here in America. We don't like something. We go talk about somebody. But there, when you talk about somebody, you're going to die. So they turned him into the authorities. And the pastor is now, literally, he had to be very careful. God brought a mighty deliverance to him. But, you know, there's all kinds of things that took place. And so it was the little 
things that began to happen in his life that, folks, you've got to guard your heart and your mind. You can't let yourself get bitter. You can't let yourself become, become deceived. You've got to guard your heart because you have to have the stance of the kingdom. Your opinion is not of yourself anymore. Our opinion is only of the kingdom. The, what, the, the, the truth of the word is the only thing that matters. Does that make sense? Let's go to Pro, or 2 Timothy. Go to 2 Timothy, chapter 4. So what does this have to do with study to show thyself approved, a workman that needeth not be ashamed? We're talking about being workmen. You're a workman. Look at your neighbor and say, you're a workman. <laughs> I always think of that whenever I would read this back in the day. I was just, I mean, I was a new Christian and I was reading this. And, and every time I'd read, steady to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, I would be like, you know, Bob the Builder. That's all I could think about was like Bob the Builder, a workman, you know. But when we really begin to look at this, you begin to understand that as a workman, there are certain things you want to realize because you're going to be out in the field. You're going to be out in the field. You're going to be talking to people. You're going to be dealing with people one-on-one. And people are not what we think they are at times. It just is what it is. I mean, I didn't, I didn't plan on saying this, but, you know, just as I said when I first went into the academy, you know, the, 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 the old instructor, he made the comment, he made the statement, and he said, there's going to be hairy situations none of you are going to have a clue about. And that's exactly right. There are going to be hairy situations that none, that there we won't have a clue about. So we need to trust in the Lord. He'll lead us through it. So 2 Timothy chapter, chapter 4, in verse 1, it says, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his, at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. What does that sound like? That sounds like somebody who has had their mind renewed and understand the Word of God. Many people don't understand the Word of God because we've not allowed our mind to be completely renewed. And so we have to allow that to take place. With all long suffering and teaching, and teaching, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. So we have to understand, in order to keep our mind renewed, we have to guard what we take in, guard what we hear, and guard what we say. And as we continually do that, we are studying to show ourselves approved, a workman. So we're preparing for the work field, for the, for the fields, the harvest field. We are preparing that as we are moving out in that, we're not going to allow the world to twist us and to bring us into any kind of, uh, of, of wrong teaching, any kind of, uh, of, of persuasion that would get us to turn away from truth, but allows us to stand in that truth. We want to stand in that place where we're not going to back away from the world. Because if everybody else turns away, I pray that we all would stand against, would stand for the Lord. I pray that we all would stand in a stance that would say, no, no, you can say what you want to about me, but that is the truth. I can say it to you in love, and you may not like it all that much, but that is the truth. Yes, it is a child when you, the minute it is conceived. Yes, that's not a fetus, that's a person. Yes, that, listen to me, yes, sin is still sin, and God still saves. Yes, this is the truth. 
Yes, Jesus is the only way. No, there is no other way. So what am I doing? I'm looking at this and I'm reinforcing the very thing that, that the Word says. So we have to be ready to convince, to rebuke. And that means when people say, well, no, I, God and I have an understanding. Well, that's not how God works. And it may sound aggressive to you, but folks, we've, we're at a point now where, I mean, the church has played nicey-nice and it's like ridiculous. We're, we're not called to be, nowhere in the fruit of the Spirit is to say nice. It doesn't. We are called to be kind, sure, but, and to love people, absolutely. We're not called to be nice. That means that at times I've got to offend people let them know, hey, listen, you and God, do you think you have an understanding? That's not how it works. You have to either know Jesus or you're not, you don't know him at all. People say, well, that's a little harsh. That's a little extreme. That's the word. I don't know about you, but man, I love the man that led me to the Lord. He was just a little guy. And he's been here before, and I absolutely love Pastor Mark. He's just such a, such a man of God. I mean, he may be uh, uh, only about 5'7", five, 5'8", five, maybe, maybe if that, uh, but he is so mighty in God because he took such a strong stance. And he looked at me and he said, well, Dean, you may be tough, but you're not as tough as Jesus. I mean, he might as well reached across that table and slapped me. And I was so overwhelmed, like, how could, how dare this guy talk to me like this? But he confronted me with truth. He confronted me with reality. He confronted me. And in the, in the middle of that confrontation, I had to yield to the truth and say, no, there's no one like Jesus. And I had to come to the terms and say, yes, Jesus, I want you to be my Lord. And I want you to be my Savior. And I'll give my life to you. And I may be a screw-up right now. And I don't know how much more I'm going to screw up. But whatever it is, let it be done unto you. <laughs> I'm yours. And so I had to come to this. So you have to look at this. You have to understand. So a workman, what are we, what are we working with? We, are, we, are, we have to be ready in season and out of season. Preach the word. That means tell people about Jesus. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort. You have brothers in Christ who are really going through some things. You're going to exhort them. Say, hey, listen, you can do this. If we believe God, all things are possible. All things will be possible. We just have to believe him. You can do this. You're going to make this. Yes, it looks like things are hard. Yes, you're still believing for your loved one. Yes, they're backslidden. Yes, they're in a backslidden state. But guess what? God's still greater than they are. So we exhort we come into this understanding. We exhort with all long suffering. So that means you have babes in Christ who mess up over and over and over again. They're the little ones, right? The young ones in the faith who are trying to stand up, but they keep falling down. Who are trying to stand up, but when they fall down, they've already had a dirty diaper, so it blows out. Praise the Lord. So guess what? You, can, you continue with all long suffering. Listen, you can do this. Come on, we're going to get through this. We're going to keep making this. Why? Because that's what God's called us to. And we're supposed to teach them in the process. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. And they will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to fables. See, we have to, folks, we have to come back and we have to speak the word of truth. Go, with, go back with me one scripture. Let's go back to uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3. Let's look at verse 1 here. 
I put this in here because you have to understand, steady to show thyself approved, a workman that needeth not be ashamed. I'm sorry, steady to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Nowhere in there does it say it's going to be peaches and cream for you. Right? But know this, that in the last days, perilous times or stressful times, times of stress will come. Men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, and from such people turn away. Kind of sounds like today, doesn't it? Praise God that we're called for such a time as this. So that means that we're ready in this season and in this time. We need to continue. None of this has changed. The goal was still the same. The goal was that he would tabernacle with men again. That he would be their God and we would be his people. That he would walk in amongst us. That's still the goal. So why am I doing all this? Because in the midst of a perverted world, the goal was still the same. And if I can win as many as I can in the process of my life, I want to. If I can tell as many as I can in the process of my life about Jesus, I'm going to. If I can see as many as I can in my life come to know him in an intimate way, I want to. So that means I'm coming back to the goal. And even in the midst of the situations and circumstances, the goal is still the same. The goal is still to reach and achieve that place in God where we are walking with our mind being renewed, with our heart being completely given unto him, that we are literally walking in obedience, not out of legalism, but out of maturity, out of walking with him, having our mind renewed, having us, having us be in that place where we are carrying on in the mind of Christ. That's what God has called the church to. So in the midst of all this, one of the best things you can do is come back to Hebrews chapter 4. Let's just go there real quick. Hebrews chapter 4. Many of us know this, we we read this a lot, but you have to allow the Word of God. If you are going to have your mind renewed, if you are going to have the mind of Christ, the Spirit of God is searching the deep things of God. So when I pray in, in the Spirit, when I pray in tongues... When I'm continually engaged in that relationship with Holy Spirit, as I'm in that place, He is searching the deep things of God and bringing that into me, and I'm praying out the perfect mysteries of God. So I want to pray in the Spirit as much as I can. Now, in the process of praying in the Spirit as much as I can, I want to come to the Word of God, and I want to look at this, and I want this to happen to me. You should pray that this happens to you. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. For the word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the division of soul and spirit. Anybody ever read the word of God and gotten mad? Like, oh, I really don't like that scripture. Oh, I can't believe. Praise the Lord. Piercing even the division of soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow. Let me explain that to you. There are certain people that are attached to you, right to the hip, that don't need to be there. Praise the Lord. We'll go on. And is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So it's going to discern your thoughts. It's going to discern your motives. It's going to discern your intents. It's going to, you've got to allow that to happen. Lord, examine me. Don't read it for someone else. You know how many people I talk to? I, I love prophecy, but prophetic people drive me nuts. By the way, we're going to have a meeting on prophecy the other Sunday after church. Seriously. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But 
I'm going to be here. I'm going to be here. We're going to talk about things. This is going to be good. No, we, we want to, we, in all seriousness, we want to lay out some things, some groundwork for prophecy moving forward, just so everybody's on the same page. So just have a real quick meeting after church um, this Sunday. But moving on. About prophetic people. When, if you are a prophetic person and you only read this because you're trying to get someone else a prophetic word, man, just don't. Just save it. Because it's going to be so soulish anyway. We don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I want to hear what the Lord has. I don't want to hear anything else. I don't want to hear about all this stuff. I want to hear what the Lord has. You can hear from God. I want to hear what God is speaking to you. Not what you're going in and trying to get. That's not what we're about. And we don't need to read the word of God and be like, what's their problem? Right? I'm going to read this and we'll find out what their problem is. And then I'm going to share it with them because they need to know the truth. Just, just, <laughs> just save it, save it. So, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing even the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, discern of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. So let our word, let the word examine us and let the word be re- continually renewing our mind. Let us come into obedience to the word that we would be able to understand and properly discern it. We would study to show ourselves approved, that we would understand how we are going to be a workman, that we would understand the goal in God is for him to tabernacle with us. We would understand then that in our relationship, we are already preparing for him to tabernacle with us. So our mind is renewed so that we can think like he thinks and do like he does, so that we can continue on to be his sons and daughters and he be our God. That's what we want to do. Because anything less than that is cheapening what Jesus paid the price for. Anything less than that literally begins to to, to cause us to walk into a hybrid form of religion where God never called us to be. Amen? Let's go ahead and stand to our feet. Father, tonight, I just thank you, Lord, for everyone here. I pray, God, that you would just continue to show yourself strong to us. God, let our mind be renewed. Let us understand what it means to truly be devoted to you. Let us understand, Lord, the goal of what you have for us. Let us see the goal, let us fulfill the goal, and let us accomplish all your purposes and plans for us. Father, I pray that we would be a people that would bring honor and glory to you, that we would not be a people who, who do things our own way and our own opinions, but God, that we'd be a people who truly give you praise and honor throughout every day of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast by the River Family Christian Center. If this message has blessed you and you would like to give financially or you would like more teachings from Senior Pastor Dean Wagner, please visit www.theriverfcc.com.